I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, June 3, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. The trend is down, the market is bearish, the sentiment is bearish. The question is, is the top end of the green zone all they need to do on this particular leg lower, or are lower prices in our immediate future? We're going to answer those questions. We're going to answer a whole lot more. I'm going to come at the market from a variety of different angles tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about sentiment. We're going to talk a little bit about short term versus longer term. We'll identify both because it's important that we understand the difference between both. We may be looking for a lot lower prices over the next month or so. However, we may be looking for a nice rally over the next several days. We'll get more into that as this particular video goes on. But I just want to make that distinction. Keep that in mind. We're also going to discuss the 274.19. Where did that come from? I'll tell you right here and right now that that is taught, that particular number, how to come up with that number to the penny, is taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Just to illustrate in a more magnified view the importance of 274.19. Maybe it's 274 on the button, maybe it's 274 and a quarter. The point is, this was an area where the market was likely to find at minimum of intraday support. We've done this before. We're going to do this again. It works over and over again. And this was a particular lesson, a very specific lesson right out of the course. And when you put one lesson together with another lesson, together with another lesson, and multiple lessons, multiple ways to come up with the same number, all point to the same general area, that's when you know the 80-20 rule will generally apply and the majority of time you will find at minimum of intraday support. Back to the daily chart. So the question becomes, do we go lower? Do we go down to the 270.50, give or take? Maybe it's slightly lower. Maybe it misses it by a short chip shot by 50 cents, 25 cents, 75 cents, somewhere in this green zone, either way, the market is likely to find an assemblance of support that should give the market at least a multi-day rally. Could be quick, could be sharp, could be one day, should be more, but could be less. And the reason why we need to be aware of that is we are in a downtrend. However, the market will have sharp swings, wide swings in both directions, specifically when we've changed trend from up to down. So when we're going to have counter trend rallies, you get panic buying, short covering, you know the drill. They end up, meaning the rallies, end up being hard and fast, sharp and wide. Could today's low be a sustainable low for at least a few days? It could be. We don't know. But what I am saying is that this general zone, and under normal conditions, I realize it's kind of a wide swath of points, 274 to 270 in that neighborhood. 
It's 40 S&P handles. But from an intraday perspective, the market will tell us it's turning. It will put in the signs and signal of a trend change. These are all things that are taught also in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Keep in mind what we're looking at. Among other things, some of the things we won't discuss, they're taught in the course, and some of the things we will discuss. For example, we'll discuss this gap that's right over here. I have the number at 270.50, slightly below that, but you can see there's a gap, and the official gap, as far as I'm concerned, is 271.20. Over here, you have a pivot low that comes in at 272.42. You have another pivot low all the way down here at 267.83. So as you can see, we can find a reason for the market to find a sustainable low, any variety of numbers in between where we are now and lower where we've just pointed out. And by the way, we can also go lower here. There's another gap down here, but it's one step at a time unless we're having an all-out trapdoor opening, throw the baby out with the bathwater type of market. We could certainly go lower. They can always go lower. I'm giving you what would normally happen 80% of the time. The other 20%, we could have a market rally tomorrow. We could have one of those famous flash crashes. Anything goes any of the time. Under normal garden variety market conditions, we're likely to find support somewhere in this green zone. Now let's talk about time. The reason why I spent so much time harping on the green zone in between where we are and slightly lower is because we should find support this week. It doesn't have to be and likely won't be sustainable support. It'll be support for a few days, maybe slightly longer. Maybe a week, a week and a half. We don't really know. It doesn't really matter. What the expectation is, and I'll draw it out because that's probably the best thing to do. The expectation is, let's just make an assumption right now that we're going to find low somewhere. Could be lower, could be higher, could be today. Doesn't matter. We're going to find low. Maybe it's down here. I'm not sure exactly where we're going to find low. We're going to find low, and then the market is going to have a rally. It's going to be a rip-your-face-off rally. It's going to look like that's the low. The media will call it the low. Money managers will come out and say, that was the correction. The second half of the year, we're going to see an acceleration in this, that, and the other thing, and we're going to have higher prices, and we're back to price targets of S&P 3200. It won't take them but three days to come out with that stuff. Why? Because in three days, from wherever we make a low, we'll probably be up 75 to 120 handles in the S&P. That's the way it works most of the time. Maybe it's four or five days, but we're going to be up from the low 75 to 100 handles rather quickly. We always do that. We always talk about it before it happens, and then we always talk about it after it happens. Let's put some numbers to it. What's the likely scenario? Again, this is the 80-20 rule. This is barring the market not collapsing down at 250 or 260 tomorrow. But what's likely to happen is when we find the low, wherever it is, we're going to have a bounce up to somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's call it, 283 or 284, all the way up to maybe 285, 286, up in this neighborhood. Now, we haven't found a low, and if the low is down here, all that's going to change. This is predicated on the low being somewhere in this neighborhood or higher. We'll likely have a bounce back to these moving averages, probably above the 
20 and maybe to the 50 or below the 50, something like that. There's a gap in here. I'll measure it out later. There's a method to the madness. I'm just giving you an eyeballs perspective, making an assumption now that we're going to find a low in the next day or so down in the green zone. Way below the green zone, all bets are off. The numbers will change. Normal market conditions, we should find a low somewhere around the green zone this week. Let's talk for a second about how this was traded from the top and what happens now. What's the likelihood that someone like me actually has a ton of short positions on right now? It's not likely at all. I have a little bit, but the majority of what I had short from when I went short, and you all know when I went short because I talked about it up here, could be short against the high Any trader could be short against the high unless we have a daily close above that high from May 1. So any short positions were taken from that date forward. Not all on that date, from that date forward. We take profit along the way and I took the majority of the rest of the profit Friday and today. Now, somebody might ask, well, if you think we could go lower, why would you take the profit? Because I don't know that we'll get lower We hit my minimum objective. That means to me, as a trader, I've been doing this a long time. I've gotten screwed many times, and I've done it correctly many times. I know what both of them feels like. When we get to my minimum objective, in this case on the downside, from a turn in the market, a trend change from up to down, we got to my minimum objective on the downside. I don't want to have but 10 or 15% of the remaining position short on any longer. Why? Because I'm expecting a rally. I don't know where the rally's coming from. I book the profit. I run it as a business. I can't run it as a casino hoping I win. That's not the way it works. Sometimes I catch a low. Sometimes I catch near the low. And sometimes I sell way too early in a situation like this. However, my intention is... The next rally that happens, either I'm going to participate on the long side and or I'm going to reshort the market for another decline in this downtrend. The trend isn't over until and unless the trend changes back to up. That's unlikely to happen anytime soon. Let's spend a moment on sentiment. So when I talk about sentiment, it could be measured any number of ways. You can Google sentiment and you can see any number of measurements, individual investor sentiment, money manager sentiment, the list goes on and on. We're going to simplify it like we always do. We're just going to apply common sense. I look at the media. I know they're getting bearish. The more bearish they get, the closer I know we are to at least in my world, an interim little bottom. Is there anything on this chart that's really telling me it's a bottom just yet? Not so much. It could be, but it's not like we have a reversal on our hands or anything like that. So we have to wait for the market. In a situation like this, certainly when you're in a downtrend, you don't want to guess where an interim low might be. That's generally not a good bet to make. You can participate on the upside if we get into a situation or when we get into a situation where we're going to rally for several days even beyond that. You can participate in the upside, but wait for the bottom to be put in. Can you trade it against today's low? I guess you could have, but you don't know that we're not going to have a gap down Tuesday morning. I don't know that. 
Again, it's the difference between guessing and running it like a business. I choose to run it like a business because I've been on the other side. We all have. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Is IWM telling us anything? Maybe. IWM did show relative strength all day today. It was strong, it was weak, and it was strong again, but it always had relative strength today against the SPY. Now watch this. Anybody think this is an accident or a coincidence? Friday's low, 145.32. What's today's low? 145.33. Accident or coincidence? I think not. IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. The question is, is it trying to tell us something? It's a little early, it's a little premature, but it may be trying to tell us something, not anything long-standing. Again, it's going to be a short-term rally or short-term bounce in the midst of a trend change from up to down. That means I'm still expecting that we get more acceleration to the downside, but you don't get it in one bite. They're going to, and who's they? The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, they're going to try and still screw over as many traders and investors as possible on the way down to wherever final low becomes. And we're nowhere near final low now. Final low is not determined in price. Final low will be determined in time. That's where I really don't know where final low is going to be. But as we get closer in time, I'll be able to figure out where the price will likely end up. Here's an hourly chart. Look what's going on over here. We put in this little tail candle. This was from last week. So the low is 145.32. We never closed below it. The close here was 145.45 and we're still fighting that low. So what I'll say, and I'm going to go over to a 120 minute chart real quick, only because it looks a little bit cleaner as I try and explain what I want to explain. And what I'll say is, see the high over here from this tail candle? The high of that total candle is 146.64. You get a close on a two hour basis, which equals 120 minute candle. You get two consecutive closes on the hourly chart or 120 minute close above that price. And they're going to want to go fill the gap up here at 147, what's the exact number? The actual number is 147.63. Or obviously they can go higher, but the point is that's the way I'm looking at it. So the reason I point that out is what am I looking at when I bring up a chart? What's the first thing my eye is drawn to? Well, I brought up the hourly chart but I have other charts on another screen, so I'm scanning over, and my eye was drawn to that 120-minute chart, so I wanted to point it out. But we always have to look at both sides of the market. So there's another chart. Here's a 240-minute chart. Now, what do I see here? I see something different. It doesn't look the same. When I bring up the chart, my eye is drawn to the same thing, but my mind is telling me not the same thing. My mind is telling me, something different on this chart my mind is telling me that this is a bear flag pattern that will likely go lower or send the market for lower prices so now that i've just discussed both different scenarios the upside and the downside i talked out of both sides of my mouth what do we do with that information again you may not be trading the iwm you may not care what the IWM does. This isn't about the IWM. This is about a lesson when you see something like this on any chart whatsoever. 
And the lesson here is a close above the price that we talked about before from the hourly chart and the 120 minute chart, a close above that price and the bull side is activated in my mind. On the other side, if you close below the recent low, that's the bear flag pattern playing out and you would look for the market to go lower. So in between, you're kind of in no man's land, but at least you know if the market begins moving in one direction or another, you have a beat on the rest of the people. You're looking for something that most people aren't looking for. That gives you an advantage. That's what this game is about. This is about having an advantage, finding a sweet spot. And based on what we discuss every single night, there are a lot of different sweet spots. I would consider this understanding where the sweet spot is, whether the sweet spot's up or down, at least you know when the market begins moving, you know where something is activated and you know what the likely outcome is. That's the objective, to give you ammunition, to put more tools in your tool belt. Are we learning anything from the VIX? Well, it's interesting, right? The market was down today, it was up, it was down. But all in all, the VIX really never took off. Now, as long as we stay above the moving averages, the daily chart is in an uptrend, but that doesn't mean we can't come to backtest these moving averages. We can. So we'll say two things about the VIX. As long as we remain closing above this 220 period moving average, we'll call it 17 and change for argument's sake. As long as we still remain above and are closing daily above that price, things are still bullish for the VIX. That would remain ultimately bearish for the stock market. Now, keep this in mind. The VIX can take off anytime. It can take off to the upside at any point in time. As we know, the stock market can gap lower or higher, but lower at any point in time, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Just keep in mind. 80-20 rule. Right now, the VIX is telling us 80% of the time, there's no fear in the market right now. We're not having a spike. It doesn't feel like, at least to me, it doesn't feel like the VIX is commensurate with where the S&P 500 is. So to me, that means one of two things. Either one's going to play catch up, meaning the VIX is going to spike because we're going lower in the stock market, or the stock market is finding some semblance of that short-term low that we discussed before, and the VIX is kind of forewarning us to that. Doesn't mean the VIX is going to collapse, just means we could go sideways to lower for a few days. That's all that means. What's doing down at the transportation department? Well, not much. Certainly not bullish. Keep this in mind. Look at the position of the transports on the daily chart as compared to some other charts. So we have the daily chart of the SPY, and you can see where we are relative to the moving averages. We're way lower on the chart, below the moving averages on the transports, than we are in the spider. When you look at the IWM, it looks more like the transports than the spider. We discuss this almost daily. The IWM and the transports are my two favorite market leading indicators. What are they telling us? Let's just use common sense. The bigger picture is, they're telling us there's trouble out there in the market. We obviously know there's trouble now. We're already in the correction. But what they're telling us, they were leading to the downside. They're telling us that there's more trouble under the hood than we knew about before. 
not that we knew about, right? We knew about the trouble. It's them. They didn't know about the trouble, but we knew because the transports and the IWM were melting away. They were leading the market in the downward direction. That's what a leading indicator is. That's why I use them. In this case, everything's going to get a rally together. Everything's going to go down together. We don't really have a divergence in the transports not quite the same as we did in the IWM, although they did finish positive today, but 21 points on the transports, almost a $10,000 index. I'm not going to make more out of that than a molehill. How about tech? This was a woodshed day. Not the worst woodshed day we've seen, but it was certainly a take me out behind the woodshed day as it is compared to the other markets. We were down 1.7% in the queues today against an S&P 500 that was close to the flat line, down about one-third of 1%. What do we always talk about? When everybody runs for the exits at the same time, you can't get through. Shoving 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag doesn't work. It was a tech wreck. Amazon down $82. Apple got hit and then came back, but it got hit pretty hard earlier. You can see the gap here. And then the next level down would have been 170, but they never got there. Here's a 10-minute chart. Here's what happened at the gap. You hit the gap and bounced right off of it. Apple was weak, so it went lower. Then it fought the gap. You could see what happened. This is basically where it traded out all day long. Facebook hammered down over 7% today, $13, right into the 200-period day moving average. That's a pretty nice bounce off that 200-day moving average. This is the result of the crosstalk of the government going against big tech. It appears that somebody is waking up and saying, hey, wait a minute, these guys have too much power. This always happens. It happened to Microsoft when they got big. Now it's happening to Facebook and Google and Amazon and Apple and others. And it's a cycle. It happens over and over and over again. The excuse for an acceleration and downside becomes... Government scrutiny, Federal Trade Commission, the list can go on and on. They can come up with dozens and dozens of ways to give these companies a hard time. But the reality is, if the market was going to turn, and it was, and it did, weren't these stocks going to go down anyway? So does it really make any difference which reason they assign today? No, absolutely not. Doesn't make a world of difference. Now that we took a look at those charts... We know the sentiment is really, really bad. Now let's think about this from a common sense perspective. Let's just say we don't have a crash. Let's say the market finds some kind of a bottom relatively close to where we are now, at least for a few days, like we discussed before. Well, look what we have here. We filled a gap. We have another series of lows. There are a lot of pivots here, and pivots are the chart's way. It's the market's way of letting us know that this price was important. The low here is 169.34. That's the market's way of letting us know that it thought that price level was important. We came down and traded into it, and the market took off away from it. That's the market's way or the chart's way of telling us where the important numbers are. So guess what? Here we are again, and what happened today? We found support at that number or around that number. Makes common sense, doesn't it? If we're not going to find support at the gap, we're going to find support at the next logical place, which is the low of the pivot that makes up the same candle where the gap is, ironically enough. 
If the market is still on a sell hard deal, where's the next price level? Well, there's another gap down here and the gap happens to be at 165.68. There's a pivot low down here at 166.57. So you can see that if we had another hard sell day, where's the next logical area of support from a common sense perspective? That's it. And what happens if we go below that? Well, you can see the next level below that is even better because this is where the market actually did a breakout from. We consolidated here and then we broke out at a little bit of a test and another breakout. And that's what happened. So if we came back down to this general area again, wouldn't we be likely to find an assemblance of support? And the answer is, under normal garden variety market conditions, yeah. Now later on, as price gets close, I refine the prices. That was more akin to a bar stool and napkin kind of deal. But it won't be far off from the actual number. How about the financials? What's going on here? All of a sudden, we have an assemblance of a reversal in the making. We didn't have a bona fide reversal in my book because we didn't close above Friday's high. Friday's high was 26.20. Move this over so you can see it. So Friday's high, 26.20. Today's close, 26.18. It's not an accident or a coincidence, but we did make a lower low today and we had a reversal. And look at the volume, 63 million shares against an average daily volume of just over 50, almost 52 million shares. It's interesting. If the market was going to collapse, the financials will collapse along with it or beforehand. Here, we have relative strength in the financials today. The XLF is up almost 1% on a day when the S&P was close to the flat line, but was certainly down much more earlier in the day. I think the market is trying to tell us something. Remember, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew will be out in full force, but at least from a very short-term perspective... We're looking for a low. Now, as positive as we just saw the XLF may be, the SMH is in a different camp. This is the semiconductor space, and we've been fighting this 9850 for some time. As of today, we just got the second consecutive close below 9850. That's not good. That's ominous. Doesn't necessarily mean a cause and effect tomorrow morning. But that's ominous, it's not bullish, it's bearish. Here's where the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew actually comes in. 80% of the time, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at that tail low, 98.50. Now we close below it twice. So let me take it off the board, but let me show you something else. Remember, we just discussed the fact that the market gives us what numbers are important. So let's take a look at something. This, from the 8th of February, this low is 97.12. So we know that this number is important. Market traded down to it pretty quickly from where it was earlier, and then it took off to the upside again. So we know that that number has some kind of significance, some kind of importance. But how can we double up on that? How can I double check my work? Do I have something else on the chart that tells me that that number is important? 97.12 is the number. And if I go back to the left just a little bit, and this is from the 25th of January, I can see that the market made a high, not at that number, but pretty close. The high was 97 and a quarter. So this is a breakout area. So it serves a couple of purposes. We came down and made that tail and we fought that, 
But what was the market really doing? The market was really fighting or was really drawn to first the breakout area. Why is that important? Because what do markets like to do? They like to test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Now, every chart is going to have multiple breakout areas, multiple breakdown areas. But this one is a breakout area. So I don't want folks to get trick trap fooled and frustrated thinking that because we closed below the tail low, that means we're immediately going lower. It may or may not. There's not any or enough conclusive information. Let me explain. We could go lower because we closed below the tail low. That could still be in effect. Also, what is this? This is a bear flag pattern. So this is also telling us it's going lower. But we found support at a former breakout area. How long is it going to be support before it breaks down? I can make a case either way. It's in a downtrend. I'm not buying this and I'm not going to short it in the hole already down this much. So on a chart like this, while it's nice to analyze, it's a no-go either way for me. How about that little journey through my mind looking at the SMH? We've got to talk about gold. Look what's going on in gold. Between Friday and today, we have a couple of tremendous updates in gold. We close above this pivot high here of 1309.60. And before you blink, you're right up to the next important pivot, right around 1330 to 1335. The question is, are we headed up to 1360? Well, probably not in one bite, but this could be telling us something else is brewing. There's always the fear trade looming. Now, I don't make market correlations. We all know that, but I'm certainly aware of them, recognize them. I just don't use them in my analysis, but what I can say is, what would be the other reason why gold is going higher? Gold is going higher because people think other people are buying gold in the fear trade. That would also tell us that the market is likely going lower. Again, don't necessarily link that to day by day by day. It doesn't work like that. But we file all this information away. They're all puzzle pieces. They get put on the table and they help us assemble the picture to get a clear view of where the market is going from a short-term, intermediate-term, and longer-term perspective. And this is the way I do it every single day, every single week, every single month. It's always the same routine over and over and over again. Never gets old, never gets boring. Not a day goes by, I can't wait to wake up in the morning. And with that, I'm going to leave you with those thoughts on David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.